Welcome to the Right Sound Podcast with Arya Deslitz and Colin C. It sounds very dreamy. Thank nice you. Beginning. I just kind of wrote something that I thought would be uh, not a crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first rule of writing music is try not to write crap. The second rule of writing, or the first rule of writing, is make a lot of crab up. This is true. So this is our podcast. We decided to start recording these because we were having morning conversations over coffee about our creativity, since everyone's, us included, have been at home for a very long time. Yes, uh, I've seen a lot of you. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> much more than normal. Much more than normal. Um... I think it's going to trip the cats up when I finally go back to work, whenever that is. You're going to be like, where is that lady? <laughs> so we decided to kind of jumpstart our morning before I have to head to the home office, talking about creativity and creative works to get us into a mindset, like a creative mindset for the day. And plus, I think a lot of us creative people spend a lot of time in our own heads and we don't necessarily verbalize a lot of the thoughts that we have about the process or what we're working on and that can be detrimental really um, the minute you start saying things out loud especially if you have somebody as a sounding board to sound off of with you start to realize well maybe that is a bad idea <laughs> or maybe that idea needs a little bit more work than I had originally planned on yeah so I've, I've been finding it very I don't want to say enlightening, but definitely um, useful. <clears throat> it definitely makes me feel less alone, I think, because a writer's journey is very solitary a lot of the time. So it's been really nice to have those check-ins and not be in my own head for a little bit. Right. I would say that most creativity isn't done extrovertedly at all. <laughs> There's very few art forms that are extroverted. Maybe improv. Yeah, acting. But I feel like a lot of actors are even I feel like improv you gotta interact with the audience, you know? There's there's that aspect of Right. Okay, so dinner theater actors. <laughs> Respect to them. I can't I can't interact with if I had to interact with fans while writing, I don't think I would be able to do it. No, one should not be interacting with anybody. If they're part of, yeah. With anybody, period. <laughs> so when we decided to pursue this podcast, we also had to come up with the daunting title of the podcast. Yes. I don't know if you want to tell the story or should I tell the story? Is it really a story? It's kind of just like, all right, well, if you're going to have a podcast, you're going to need a title. And titles can be great when they come easily, but when they don't, it's kind of a pain because you're left to think, okay, so if we're going to have a podcast, and in my mind, I start going to esoteric things of trying to pull some cool little quote or just something from other creative types that, you know, makes it a little Easter egg or something like that. So that's where my mind goes. It's like, okay, so, you know, we're partners. We're both creative. There has to be other creative partnerships out there and have they ever said or done something that is kind of a cool little catch phrase or something that we could steal and then make that the name of our podcast and then i realize that's a lot of work and 
Well, and then the names were so far out there that they didn't really relate back to what we do. So for anyone who is tuning in, not knowing us at all. Which will be everybody. Most people. (laughs) I mean, this is episode one. So I think when we were searching for names, because I went to famous quotes about creativity and things that would maybe be along those lines, but a lot of them had already been done before. Um, and then they weren't buzzy enough or they were way too long to be the title of a podcast. So we encountered that was it was the idea for this podcast was coming up with a way to brand ourselves. Yeah, that's the other side of the titling is that, you know, it has to look good in print and it has to really just sell what you're doing. And since I'm a young adult author and you're a musician sound designer the right sound came to be yeah you came up with that after i was kind of off in my own head trying to figure out different weird things we could call it and rachel's just like no we'll just call it this i'm like brilliant it's perfect i just started looking up buzzwords and most of them actually the original ones that i looked at had all been taken so (laughs) yeah well we're late to the game on the podcasting it's been around a little bit so all the good all the good names have been taken i like our name I think it fits titles are a pretty interesting thing when you're a creative person because they are really the stamp that you have to put on your work and when i think about titles for for music i, I tend to not think about titles at all i don't really like the idea of uh and i a title really infiltrating the creative process for me which is something interesting that we discovered about each other while we were talking about titling in general is it's very much for me, it's the first, usually the first thing that I come up with. And we were talking about how I end up designing book covers and designing the title and creating the title for the entire series before I even begin the book. Yeah, there's been times I've walked in on you and you're in Photoshop and I'm like, I thought you were writing. You're like, I am. This is the book cover for the book that I just decided I'm going to write. And I'm like, holy wow i didn't even know you could start like that creatively because i surely can't if i'm thinking about the end result when i'm sitting down to start that's a really weird headspace to be in for music which is it's so it's just the type of person that we are too is i'm such a planner so i plan like the vacations i plan like what we're gonna do in eight months i plan i i like to plan yes you do like to plan and uh, so I'll have an entire design for a series of books ready to go before I even have book one finished. <laughs> That's crazy to me. I don't I don't know. I like the moment of creation. I feel like that's the most like important place as a musician or just as an artist to be is in a place where nothing else exists at the time. It's just me and the process and you just get lost in it. And, you know, the next thing you know, six to seven hours have passed and it's like, oh, I should probably eat something. (laughs) Um, See, I get that when I'm physically writing. I think for me, titling is about planning because the series of a book, if I'm planning on having it be a series, needs to have cohesiveness in amongst the title and amongst the series itself. So for a series to be truly cohesive, I feel like I need to have that idea going in of not only how it's going to conceptually look, but also conceptually how the titles are going to 
progress. So for example, like in a blue moon, it's all going to be idioms. So I know that I need at least three idioms under the blue envelope that will work for the series because I intend it to be a trilogy. And if I can't find three blue idioms that work, then I want to nix that concept right from the beginning because if the concept doesn't work as a whole, I want to start with a concept that will work. Right. Well, to me, as a non-writer, that I feel like that's storytelling, isn't it? You have to have a beginning and an end you know, and you have to get somewhere. So to think of it, you know, from the bigger picture at the front, I think is really important for storytelling. Because what happens when you don't know the ending, you end up like lost. <laughs> just <laughs> you know, rambling just go for the, you go off the rails. Seven. So I definitely words. <laughs> I would say the difference between what you do, if you're in storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. I would say that music is more like world building, where the nuance of every element within the environment that I'm creating is created within that moment in a sense of that world building. I'm not thinking about telling a story because it's not the kind of musician that I'm, that I am. I don't sit down with a purpose to write a song that's going to tell people about, you know, Jack and Diane or, you know, any of those other songwriters out there that, that really lean into that storytelling aspect of music making. And I, I don't really uh, apply that at all to my work. It's very world building or it's very environmental in that sense. Would you ever make a concept album? No, I would never make a concept album. I would make it in the abstract loosest sense of the word, which I have, which was the road record that I put yeah. out under my slider guys, because that had a purpose about being a specific way from the start of it it's really the only time creatively that i've had this like aha lightning bolt moment right because we were at cannon beach and i was looking at you know the oregon coast here is very dramatic and it's just got sheer cliffs and just these big rock outcroppings that have just been eroded by time and i just love that word erode and it just kind of got into my brain and it kind of really became the genesis of making that entire record but at that moment i wasn't thinking like this is going to be track one you know, it's going to have this track at the end. It was not that level of conceptualized because people go nuts and there's bands that are, you know, they tell you an entire like opera storyline in a sense throughout yeah. an album. And I, I don't know. I find that pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny though, because so I'm a planner with my work. So my work is super meticulous. So uh, with the latest book on Wattpad, Carter Ortiz's Trouble, I came up with the idea of having the boys as this entire series of young adult romances. Um, and it's going to all be uh, Carter Ortiz's Trouble. The next one is Desmond Moore's Hopeless. And the last word in each of those titles is going to spell the boys out as like a whole. And you've only written one, one. of these and one. you have the entire... And <laughs> It's, and it's I have, always going to be really interesting to me that you are capable of this. <laughs> I have three of the covers designed, and I have more images pulled for the rest of the covers because I know the colors that I want the covers to be too. So how do you? How does that even start? What's like the 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 moment that you go? Okay, well this is this is how grandiose I'm going to get. Well, actually, for this one, it kind of became really organic. Because with Carter Ortiz's Trouble, I wrote that not intending it to be a series, just a standalone, because I kind of wanted to just throw a standalone out there. 
And then Desmond Moore is one of the sub-characters in that book. And I felt like I could come up with a really interesting story for him. Because Carter and him are friends, but how, they're not besties. So you don't yeah. really get Desmond's story. How far into Carter's story did you realize that this was going to be more than just one? Probably about halfway through. Hmm. And then, so, and then I, I wanted... Because at that point, I was like, okay, well, I can make Desmond Moore's story and then I could do not interconnecting all of them because they don't really need to be interconnected because they are standalone. Uh, but I could have um, my Anthony Feltry story come back. I could like revamp a lot of the older stories that I like the characters of, but I really failed the story because I wrote them way too early in my career and kind of put them under this umbrella category and the reason why i came up with the boys as the concept is because the really big focus is going to be on the boys the story but because carter ortiz's trouble ended with a t i was like oh mm. that's perfect that so works a little, so well little synchronicity is yeah. involved, which is similar in music i do like the fact that as a writer you have the benefit of being able to pull back old pieces and revamp them and kind of give them that new life. Whereas music seems, for me at least, you know, once I release it and it goes out and people hear it, the idea of revamping it or taking control back from it is very foreign to me because as a creator, I don't like thinking that my music is mine anymore. Once it's out into the public conscious, I let it go. It becomes whatever people need it to be for the wallpaper of their own lives. So for me, that's like, it's almost, I, I don't want to say zen, but in the sense of just like being able to say, I'm detached from this work, whatever it means to you, it's brilliant, that's great. It might mean something totally different than what I had originally planned for, and you really can't control that. Yeah. You know. I think the only reason I'm comfortable revamping these is because they've never actually been published. A lot of people have read them as betas, but no one's ever... Yeah. seeing the finished like this is the paperback version you know once it gets to that point i want to let it go i want to be like i'm never even touching it again <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's done it's really cathartic yeah isn't it mm -hmm. i mean that's how i feel if you've as much as i hate finishing things I, I would rather sit within the process for my entire creativity but you have to call it quits and you have to say it's done and if you can find some catharsis in that i think that's very rewarding yeah do it for the process not for the do it because you love it. Well, that's that's the old tropey yeah. thing, you know. Like tell people, just do what you love, and people will find <laughs> you. It's like I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately, and that's all, <laughs> the gist of a lot of them is just a lot of people I like telling me that I should just do what I love. And it's like, all right, I get it. <laughs> Wrapping back to the earlier point about planning versus kind of riding the emotional wave versus whatever. What's interesting is I'm such a planner for all my series, but my desk is a chaotic <laughs> whirlwind mess and yeah. Colin is the exact opposite. It's always been this kind of like jaw dropping aspect of because when you're your own, you know, you're in your own creative brain, you don't let a lot of people into that world, you know, you become very insulated. So for me, you know, living with you is kind of like my the first partner that I've had that's been very involved in a very creative thing mm -hmm. to see your process be done in I couldn't 
I made me itchy. I was like, I am so weird. And I know that people will say this, that creative people are so messy. And it's like kind of like the tropey thing online. It's like, oh, you're creative and you're messy. It's like, I am not messy. I cannot concentrate if there's mess around me. If I go into my studio right now and there's some dust that I'm just like preoccupied with, I will dust before I sit down to actually work on anything creative. It's just like... Whereas I'll have like three drinks empty drink cans and i'll go get another one (laughs) a new clean one and add it to the pile um i do clean when i do a big clean though i do a really big clean and i'll spend like two hours cleaning but well there's a difference between being messy creatively (laughs) and being just a dirty slob which you're obviously not we don't want to give people the impression that rachel some dirty slob i usually get up to three cups before i go this is too many cups at my desk (laughs) well my cup has to leave the desk go into the dishwasher yeah and then i'll be free once again to think creatively which is just it's just funny because i feel like you end up flying by the seat of your pants for your songs a lot of the time and 99% of the time and I'm such a planner for my song so you would think that I would be the organized one out of the two of us but that is exactly the opposite yeah so one of the things that I've never really done is come up with a working title and one of the things that you said that was interesting to me during one of our talks was how your working title has often actually played into the overall piece so yeah and numerous times I'm I, if I'm working on something and I don't really want to spend that moment that you love being in, which is the conceptualizing and figuring it out, I'll just go off of a vibe. I'll just go off of a, a feeling that I have like, oh, well, I'm sitting here writing because I'm mad or, you know, I need to get some energy out. So I'll just throw something out as a working title. And a lot of projects have working titles on them because I'm not the kind of artist that goes in and just goes, oh, well, I'll just put today's date on the files. Because to me, that's so detached. And at the end of the day, if I've got a bunch of files that are just dated, I don't know what's what from what. So it's always a working title. There's always something I'll throw out there. And the funny thing that can happen is, is that if you're collaborating, is that you send the person you're collaborating with your working title. You know, and a lot of the times I will say, like, it's just an idea. It's not anything, you know, don't don't worry about what the title of the file is. Just go off of whatever the vibe that you're getting off of the music is. And I don't know, eight out of ten times, I'll get back the song with the working title completely <laughs> worked into it. It's part of the chorus now. And to me, it's just it's always just interesting. I never go like, oh, no, 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 you can't do that because I'm not that kind of collaborator. If you collaborate with me, you have free reign to do whatever you want. I will trust in you that you are going to create the you know most creative thing that you can create. So I'll, I'll just go with it. But it, it's always kind of funny to see a working title come back and become the actual, the title. actual title. And that happens more often than you think. Which is so interesting because... Yeah, if I title something, it's it's that title permanently. And we actually had this conversation once where you were like, what, what would happen if an editor told you that you needed to change it? And I'd be like, my heart would break. <laughs> I mean, I probably would for, you know, the sake of my, my work and furthering my career. But so you wouldn't fight to keep your title? I don't know. How attached am I? Because some no. of them, some of them I would be pretty heartbroken, I think, to, to change. But... I don't know. 
I mean, I I have a feeling that they probably wouldn't want to use my book cover design. <laughs> so I don't want to sell yourself that short. I think some of your book covers are pretty awesome. Yeah. But um, yeah. That I I guess in that respect, it's a little different, right? Because a book title, in a sense, is marketing. Yeah. You know, it's the thing that people are going to see on the spine of your book when it's sitting on a shelf in you know a bookstore. Whereas music, most of the time, people hear the music before they even know the title of it. And I think you're a prime example of that because I'll be like, hey, you know that song, blah, blah, blah. And you'll be like, I don't know what the title of that song is. And then I'll play it and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that song. <laughs> the song that I know all of the lyrics to. And you're like, how do you know all the lyrics, but you don't even know the title or the band? <laughs> that's that's the, the big difference, I think, between being a writer and being a musician when it comes to titles, for sure. Yeah. I think that's our podcast. Yeah. Did we do a good episode one? Don't ask that because then people <laughs> will comment. <laughs> So uh, just to close it out, we're going to do a little talk about what we've been working on this week in particular. I have been writing another freebie on Wattpad called Rios with a vampire, a werewolf, and not yet introduced third character who is coming later in the book. Dun, dun, dun. It's a mystery. It's not a mystery. It's not a mystery. <laughs> oh. It's young adult paranormal. Supernatural. <laughs> What am I working on? Oh, I'm doing a bunch of uh, different stuff at the moment. I did launch a new side project for stuff that I really like making that is kind of a little bit of a throwback to stuff I used to make. So I kind of set that off onto a separate project called Heatsink. Um, but more slider stuff is coming for the end of the year. And uh, I have a super secret mystery project too that will be revealed eventually once the stars align and that's the mystery yeah i've got the mystery not you <laughs> i've never written a mystery oh never say never yeah well thus far thus far up until now i have also never written a mystery mm. Maybe except I'll, I'll except the a... one that you just verbally told oh yes <laughs> musically though maybe i'll have a mystery concept album that i'll come out with at the end of the year perfect no i won't <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. In the future, we will be tackling more creative topics. Yeah, should be fun. Hopefully. <laughs> big, big old question mark after the hopefully. Hopefully. Well, you never know. Maybe one day we'll just talk about cats yeah. and how much we love their toe beans for 25 minutes. Uh, you, you can. I really like cats' toe beans. I like cats overall. I wouldn't say that the toe bean of the cat is supersedes my enjoyment of all cats parts <laughs> <laughs> oh, that uh, sounds so weird it's a little weird but that's that's our podcast that's our podcast thanks thanks for joining us today for our conversation thank you for listening to the right sound podcast this podcast was produced by the cell studio with theme music by colin c